Welcome to MAP, the bi-weekly market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German-speaking markets. Mars makes it as easy as possible for you to get your pharmaceutical, medtech or digital health product to the market and of course get the price it deserves. My name is Stefan Walzer, I'm the founder of Mars and a health economist by training and working in the fields of market access, reimbursement, pricing and health economics already since 2004. And now let's learn about the market access and reimbursement systems around the globe. The German elections coming up in autumn 2021. What could we expect, especially when keeping an eye on market access, healthcare reimbursement, and obviously the kind of impact on the pricing bit? I think, first of all, what will really change also from a political perspective? Quite clearly, the most important piece and the most important information for everybody listening to it is that Germany will get a new chancellor for sure. Angela Merkel will no more be the chancellor after the elections. Um, she's not going to the race again. I mean, she was the, um, the chancellor for 16 years by then and will get then a new chancellor, most likely one of the either the conservatives, the CDU, the social Democrats, the SPD, or one of the Greens, um, which is quite interesting. The kind of, uh, let's say, forecasts, the kind of polls are also showing a lot of variety, also and especially, maybe interestingly, not so much yet from the content driven, but there are changes also in the kind of forecast so far in terms of the election outcomes. There was a couple of months ago, the Greens were clearly in front before um, the Conservatives. Then there was a kind of hit, a couple of discussions around the candidate by the Greens, um, changing more again into the favor of the, of the Conservatives. And nowadays, um, as of end of August, beginning of September 2021, uh, there's even the consolation that the Social Democrats are now in favor of the potential um, voters with roughly 22 to 24% dependent which kind of numbers were taken but just few percentage points uh, in front before the conservatives but also the Greens are still in the race to go. I think that's very interesting obviously to see what this might really um, have kind of impact and also which kind of coalitions might obviously be doable. I think uh, beginning of July it clearly looked that it might be probably the kind of coalition between the Conservatives and the Greens. I think um, even before that, in late spring, it looked more that the Greens might have the choices with whom to have a coalition. Nowadays, it, it rather looks that we might have three parties into the coalition, where then obviously as well, for example, the Liberals and even the kind of left party, the Linke, uh, is currently being debated on, at least with some of the parties which are going to the elections. Anyhow... What does it really mean for health care? Interestingly, when we have a look at the various kind of programs by the political parties, you see and read a lot about integrated care, prevention, digitalization, liberals also making up obviously for startups, um, the conservatives even speak about, at least in a sentence, about virtual hospitals, AI obviously, but also for example, the Greens are speaking about integrated care patient focus DRG changes, quite interestingly, and not to forget, but let's just say it and state it, 
the left are also speaking about the maximum pharma pricing. I think unrealistic that they will really make it also with that kind of um, idea, but just to mention it. So what does it really then mean when we go really more into the details? Because obviously in the programs, it's not really a lot of content in there to discuss about it. Very important keeping in mind here also is the potential various negative effects on tax income in the last couple of months. Quite obvious and quite evident that this is the COVID situation, but also, for example, the whole kind of flood issue, what we had earlier in July, for example, in North Rhine-Westphalia, which obviously as well have had and will have a further kind of big budget impact um, in terms of tax incomes and obviously also in terms of the expenses. So all stakeholders with whom we spoke, and I agree with them, expect an entry into force of a saving law once a new government is in to the game. So likely changes, probably even independent of a new coalition. We might even see it until the end of 2022. I think this is quite quite logic, I would say. Um, the, the biggest kind of threat is that there's no automatic added benefit for orphan drugs anymore within the AMNOC process. I think some even speak about that, that this could come as early as April 2021. There might be even no more a free pricing at launch, or at least this is probably more likely because then this is more easily to be implemented then um, that there might be paybacks of difference between the negotiated and launch price back to the launch day, which is obviously a bigger kind of impact for the pharmaceutical area. For the digital health area, we might see more that a fixed amount grouping for comparable DIGAs might come, especially for those with a comparable efficacy. We need as well to see which kind of price impact the currently running price negotiations in the DIGA area would also have a kind of impact. And quite clearly also for the DPAS, which is the Digitale Pflegeanwendung, so it's the care applications, might probably have a very similar system to the DIGA, which is probably more kind of positive effect. And medical devices, most likely at least, as of now, there will not be at least no major changes to be expected. I think the biggest one are probably the ones we mentioned. And quite clearly, there might be even a bigger discount then, a mandatory discount for the various kind of products, especially for drugs coming after the elections. The elephant in the room still, and we will discuss that then as well in a minute, is the citizen's insurance system, the Bürgerversicherung. It's a kind of NHS system which is favored by let's say the left-wing parties, social democrats, the greens, and obviously from the linke, and the still kind of dual system with the statutory and the private health insurances, which is obviously then favored from the conservatives and the liberals. So you see already with that constellation, I think likelihood is not that high, and we have also heard that already in the webinars. So then let's just move over as well to our podcast discussion, this time with Professor Dr. Uwe Wagscha, He's a professor of politics at the University of Freiburg, and uh, he has as well um, working uh, on various kind of election swipers, etc. So we'll just see what the current kind of situation is as of early September, so three to four weeks before the actual elections happening. Let's just see what he thinks would be the outcomes. Professor Waksha from the University of Freiburg, thank you for your time. And especially now, quite shortly before the elections happening here 
in Germany. Just give us the latest news, let's say. How do the current forecasts look like with respect maybe to the new chancellor in Germany? Well, the forecasts uh, have changed over the past months, um, I would say uh, rather drastically. Uh, currently, the Christian Democrats uh, are uh, about 20%, uh, maybe a little bit more in some, some institutes. And the polls for the SPD are rather bright concerning uh, the history. So they have uh, uh, surpassed the, uh, the Christian Democrats. They are now uh, 25%. And the Greens, well, the Greens are not as good as they've been. Uh, four or five months ago. Currently, they are between 15 and, and 18 percentage points uh, concerning the polls. So uh, there have been times they have been above 20 percent, uh, but that was exaggerated. So when they claimed uh, uh, they would be able to, to have a change in Germany uh, and with a new uh, candidate and so forth. And on the fourth place, uh, uh, probably the AFD, um, around 12 percent. And the Liberals, 12, 13 percent, they are quite uh, close. Uh, and uh, according to statistical interference, uh, it's not really it's, uh, likely who will uh, be on the fourth place. Uh, so they are more or less uh, the same area uh, on the last, so to say, uh, the, sixth, uh, the sixth rank. It's uh, the left, the Linke, around 6 percent. But uh, what is really striking, we have uh, so-called uh, others, Sonsting, uh, so the rest of the pack, so to say. Um, 12 percent, this is really, really high uh, in the uh, German history. And maybe there's a little small likelihood that the Freien Wähler, the free voters, uh, um, which is a, a moderate liberal center party, um, is around three to four percent. So they have a, a chance to 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 pass the five percent threshold to get into the the, the parliament. But uh, that's. Uh, uh, I would say high uncertainty that will uh, reach the 5% since they are more uh, strong in the south of Germany than the northern part of Germany. And uh, probably they might get 5% in Bavaria, 5% in Rheinland-Palatine and then Baden-Württemberg. But uh, uh, all the others uh, would, be, would be hard there. So that's the current yeah. pulse. But uh, uh, to continue, maybe uh, uh, to give some insights, uh, polls are always uncertain. And we've seen a, a big variance over the past uh, uh, weeks, as I said in the beginning. And uh, we have also problems with the polls. Uh, I want uh, just to recall you that we have had elections in June and uh, uh, Sachsen-Anhalt, which is a small state in the eastern part of Germany. And um, just uh, three, four days uh, before the elections, the poll said the Christian Democrats would get 27%. And on the election day, they got 37%. So that was a, a big mistake of 10 percentage points. And uh, we've seen such uh, um, mistakes of the pollsters over the past years several times. So, and this has to do, of course, with uh, methodological issues, with the size of the, the polls and with the political weighting of the polls and the institute, sometimes they're leaning more to the left, sometimes they're leaning uh, to the right. So we have uh, big, big uh, variants between the institutes and uh, we have around eight uh, pollster institutes in Germany and um, so probably also um, 
Well, another point which I want to raise is that the, they, they have different methods to collect the data. So sometimes they're using telephones. And as we all know, 35% uh, of the population don't have a, uh, um, a telephone with line. Uh, they have cell phones, which is uh, difficult for pollsters. And sometimes they're using only internet, um, like uh, YouGov, they, they use only internet. Sometimes they're mixing, so to say. And the, the, and the fourth method is interviews, which which is conducted by the Allensbach Institute. And so you see we have four methods to collect data, and uh, this is also an explanation why we have, um, I would say, some unclear messages concerning the percentages in the end. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, so one could say that we currently don't have a statistically significant difference between maybe the first three parties? Uh, well, um, um, according to statistics, we have an error, a margin of uh, around three depending on the size and uh, um, but uh, so around three percentage points uh, roughly so um, by statistical uh, inference you can't say uh, when you have 21 percent or 24 percent who is in the end uh, uh, just in in front so that's uh, just by calculating uh, you have some some uh, um, um, some margin, some some brackets, and so the brackets are overlapping, and in the end, it's difficult to say, and, and it's not possible to say who is in the end leading. We have more likelihood, of course, uh, that the party who's leading will be the winner, but by uh, statistical, uh, so to say, reasoning, it can also be the case that the second-ranked party can be in front of uh, the other one. And this is the case currently with the situation Christian Democrats versus Social Democrats. Whereas the Greens, uh, when they have only 15%, they are, so to say, their brackets are just uh, uh, much lower than those of the Social Democrats. So it's only a case maybe between Greens and uh, Christian Democrats who will be second. But um, I'll, I would bet a lot of money that the Christian Democrats will be in front of the, the Greens because they, their second votes in uh, Saarland would not be counted. That's one percentage point less. And, and we know that uh, when election is approaching, there's a kind of rally around the flag effect. And uh, historically, Christian Democrats are the strongest party in Germany. And uh, you see all the internet surveys, they leave out many of the elderly. And uh, so the average voter, voting age is around 56, 57, at least a little bit higher for the Christian Democrats. So the elderly are going probably to deliver again for the Christian Democrats. And um, you will see in the end, they, uh, they will be in the end much higher than the 20 percent, uh, which are now forecasted by most of the, the, the pollsters. Yeah, and I think it's something what we have seen probably also some years ago in the um, elections in uh, Northern Australia, by the way, also uh, with the current kind of uh, uh, um, run uh, with the with the CU, um, with Amin Lashid, right? Um, so we, my, my, myself, my institute, uh, we, we were running um, Politik Panel Deutschland, and we have seen similar effects. So especially elderly are tending to vote for Christian Democrats and the, and the younger more for the Greens. Uh, but uh, um, you see the Greens are not very liked uh, uh, within the ranks of the elderly people, right? So we have kind of overestimating for the Greens and underestimating uh, for the Christian Democrats because... Uh, when you use uh, the internet um, for collecting the data, uh, the elderly are not just uh, in, in your data set. 
Yeah, exactly. and, the, and, the, and the other ones are overrepresented. Therefore, you have to figure into account. You can do it by weighting. You can do political weighting. Uh, but we've seen also um, in the past that political weighting is difficult and also weighting by the social demographic factors like age, gender, um, a region where you're coming from. This uh, can also, well, interfere to some extent. And uh, it's, a, it's a tricky business, so uh, weighting by social demographic factors and weighting by political factors. Yeah, yeah that's, that's absolutely true. That's true. So do, do you expect any let's say maybe even further major changes with respect to the forecast in the next weeks until the election? I mean, there was quite a big change, let's say, between June, July and early September. Yes, and that's, uh, as I said uh, several times now, it's uh, quite uh, surprising that we that we have this huge variance um, um, uh, within the data, within the uh, published data. And, uh, well, you might say we have also changes in the society. So religious affiliation goes down that uh, uh, is not working for the Christian Democrats, but we have also a change in society. Another fact that the media, we see a clear polarization between the media. Some are really in favor of the Greens and some more well, or the conservative ones, they are like Bild Zeitung, they're now arguing for the Christian Democrats. And uh, this will also have some effects. And uh, now the prominence, uh, um, people from, from culture, from sports, uh, they're living their, their uh, so to say, um, advice how to vote and whom to vote. And um, so uh, that might influence also the situation. But um, as I said, uh, when uh, election day is approaching, we have this rally around the flag effect, and this might uh, help the Christian Democrats uh, some extent, maybe also the social Democrats, uh, since they have, so to say, the largest bulk of uh, STEM voters uh, for their party. Yeah. But um, you don't know what will happen and, and, and politics with scandals and new scandals and corruption maybe. And um, so these short-term effects will have an effect. But on the other hand, you um, can now vote. Uh, we, we have started voting. The pro voting process mm -hmm. is, uh, has started since two weeks, I think. And so many are casting their votes and this, of course, uh, these voters are gone, so they are out of interest, and uh, and so they have casted their vote, and uh, so that has also to be taken into account. So um, we will see probably a much higher figure for these um, uh, letter voters, and um, so this. Uh, has also a kind of effect since um, when now the situation is working more for the Social Democrats and for the Greens, probably uh, more Greens uh, and the uh, Social Democrats will be in this letter uh, postal voting. Um, yeah. So um, and, um, and another effect is uh, the, the uh, more educated are voting uh, with postal voting and uh, more Greens are voting postal voting. So. Um, these uh, can also be seen in the past data, uh, which is known and published. Interesting. Very good. So maybe moving a bit away from the, let's say, individual results of the parties towards obviously what we're all looking forward, what will be potentially the new government, meaning which coalition might be potentially likely as of September 6th, um, yeah. 2021. <laughs> Big question mark. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, uh, 
50% is needed to form the government, but 50% of seats in the parliament. So we have to deduct the um, lost votes, uh, so all uh, parties under 5%. So we have 40 parties running uh, with lists, plus uh, seven other parties, just only for candidates. So 47 parties in Germany, that is a historical high. And uh, probably only six will enter the parliament. Right, if we take uh, the Christian Democrats together, um, that means uh, 40 parties are not entering, uh, 30, 34 parties are not entering, and these are wasted votes. And 12% um, wasted vote means that you need 44, 45% of seats in parliament to form the government. And currently, the Grand Coalition will be possible, uh, but uh, with uh, a different sign so that the social democrats when uh, the social democrats will be stronger than the christian democrats so the grand coalition will be in place so that is probably the most likely um situation however we also have the situation uh, that we might have uh, left left green uh, government which was also a uh, majority, even, even, even stronger, with around 50%, 52%. Well, um, we have different uh, signs in that direction. So sometimes uh, the social democrats said yes, uh, but then the, the scandal came with uh, Afghanistan and they said no, the social democrats. So we have, um, so to say, a certain likelihood that this will be an effect, but also a kind of likelihood that a left-left green government will not be formed. But currently, I would place my bet for more for a grand coalition. However, on the other hand, we have can also form governments with when when the green coalition is not in place, either with the greens or ISR with uh, the liberals as partners. So then, then we have a three-party government. And this is also probably um, possible, right? If, if uh, currently the Grand Coalition is around uh, 45%, it's quite narrow that they will reach. And, uh, and uh, I think it's clear you need a strong and stable government um, for, for the future and uh, when it's only three or four, a margin only of three or four parliamentarians, well, that's uh, would be a problem. However, what we'll see historically is that probably the largest, the largest parliament ever. It's currently, the um, size of the parliament should only be 598, but uh, so in the last uh, four years, the parliament had been uh, a size of uh, 709 and I would guess the situation as it is these days, we, we are approaching 800, 800 parliamentarians. So that would oh. be a, a disaster also for communication. So uh, yes. a very expensive one and double the size, or only maybe 60% larger than the, 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 the constitutional size of the parliament. That's a good, not a good sign for, for democracy, right? You have to change the electoral laws to make it more, more, well, fair for the public to see yeah that makes a lot of sense i mean you also just brought up i think a very good point i think we, we need to have a stable government in the future i mean how fast do you think we could really have them a really new government in, in place that's a really really interesting question since the last 
uh, government was formed after half a year. So it was exactly. almost uh, 180 days uh, almost. Uh, so that's half a year. That was the longest. Historically, Germany uh, takes place 90 days, three months. That's mm. the average, I would say, uh, in the last 20 years. But um, we see also tendency that the, uh, the duration of government, uh, forming government, uh, is increasing. The reason is we have a higher fragmentation of, yeah. of uh, the uh, political system, the higher fragmentation of the parliament, of course, more parties. So we will have at least six parties, maybe seven. And um, maybe when you look in other European countries uh, like like Netherlands or so, they, they're just uh, uh, negotiating since seven months, I think. Uh, they have 17 parties in parliament. You see, if you want to make a uh, political system fairer and fairer. You can look to, to to Belgium. You can look to to Netherlands, and then you see the disaster. You have maybe a very fair uh, electoral system, but in the end, you will not be able to form a government. Political systems have to deliver, have to form effective governments, and this is uh, not taken into consideration in all these discussion about fair electoral systems. So, you have to form governments. So. That was historically the point for, for the, the, the majority rule in Great Britain. So they can form a government within one week, uh, even in three days or so. That's, that's their time span yeah. and not, and not uh, six months. And um, that's a, a huge problem, I think, uh, when we have economic crisis, political crisis. You see, we have four years for a term. And if you lose six months, government formation, negotiation processes, maybe then the parties uh, um, saying no. You see uh, all these uh, democratic processes within the parties have to, to take place then again. So the parties are asked and there has to be a vote, maybe a, um, a complicated vote, and then it takes uh, another three, four weeks, and then we will have a caretaker government with uh, Angela Merkel. Angela yeah. Merkel will rule, uh, I promise, uh, at least four months more. Uh, so we will, um, probably will have a government, a new government after Christmas, not before Christmas. Interesting. So. Yeah, but I think that makes a lot of sense also with the explanations. And uh, I mean, let's just also see, I guess, and obviously it will be mainly driven by the results. I mean, which kind of coalition might potentially be built up and which options are also open, right, yeah. for, the, for the winner especially. Just look at the, the, the coalition treaties. So we started the first coalition treaty. That was uh, 1961, seven pages. That was a funny paper <laughs> to read, seven pages. And now we are approaching 200 pages. Oh, wow. And they have to negotiate 200 pages. And to say, well, of course, they, get, they have the, the, the party platforms, the programs, and so on and so forth. But uh, there will be tough negotiations. The, 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 um, the groups negotiating becoming even uh, more, um, mm. I think it was um, the first coalition negotiation between uh, the Greens and the Social Democrats uh, um, with Schroeder. That uh, was, uh, I think, only eight or 16 per persons. The last time was more than 100. Yeah. Both, how, how do you both, want to negotiate with 100 people? <laughs> yeah, you see, see where you have veto players, you have different party organizations, mm -hmm. and the young Greens are saying, no, we, as they have said already, so I'm, I'm not kidding, they have said we don't want the coalition with the, uh, the Christian Democrats, the young Greens, and then, well, you have all these guys and uh, in the negotiation process, and they have a kind of veto, maybe veto uh, 
And then it will be difficult uh, to reach negotiation. Koreans, Christian Democrats, we knew it's uh, maybe so uh, only 40%. If, if I look at my data from, from the, the Val Swiper, so a working advice application, so uh, we see only across um, uh, uh, between two parties, about 40%. You know, of course, the Greens and the, the Social Democrats are higher, but the Greens are the left are even higher. But uh, then negotiations are difficult. And um, with more MeToo players, more negotiators, more subgroups, uh, that will be, <laughs> I promise, difficult. And uh, it will not take place before Christmas. That's my bet. Okay, let, let's, so let's just see for 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I mean, we have quite a good number of listeners, obviously, out of the um, healthcare area. And so one of the last questions might be just also going to that kind of reaction. What what impact do you expect generally for the healthcare market by a potential new government? Obviously, knowing that we don't know who might be the new government. Yeah, so if we have uh, a left government, so the green, green, red, uh, we would probably change in the, uh, change in the uh, private health insurance. So that would be... Uh, the hard times for private health insurers. Uh, that's my bet. And uh, we will get a general citizen's insurance. Not maybe the British style with the NHS, but uh, well, but maybe leaning toward that direction with a state-run uh, administered um, insurance scheme um, that will uh, uh, change a lot of things in the market. And um, if we have uh, a government formed by Christian Democrats, Social Democrats, nothing will change. The, the stakeholders and the weak players are too strong in the system. But when we have a left government, um, then we have a problem. When the liberals are entering the government, I would say they will also block uh, such a change for a citizen. Um, looking at other uh, minor facts, um, uh, which I have read in the, the party platforms, uh, Probably the Greens are going for more centralized, um, um, so to say, uh, care institutions. They want to centralize a little bit more, um, whereas maybe uh, Christian Democrats are more a little bit more federalist leaning. Uh, um, so we, we see some changes, minor issues, but I think the big, big issue is now um, the, the central citizen insurance and uh, the strike against uh, private health insurers. Yeah, that's true. I think that's now really the kind of big debate. I think I remember when we had the webinar in July, I think we're probably, I, I was at least also betting that it might be more kind of uh, Christian Democrat uh, um, plus the Greens in which, whichever kind of direction, right? Uh, which, where I think it was quite clear that uh, at least the kind of red, red, green kind of coalition uh, would be out of the scope. But I think now it could be maybe an option, especially maybe, I mean, as you already summarized quite nicely, that I think Olaf Scholz uh, has, let's say, different messages, obviously, also to yeah, give yeah. because of the different kind of stakeholders within the party. Yeah, but if you read between the lines now, uh, the last uh, month, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's an issue. It's not the, the hottest issue in, in the uh, campaign, but mm -hmm. um, it will be a big issue after the election, definitely. Uh, that yeah. was, uh, the the um, parties will not discuss this issue because... Uh, uh, the Greens will lose definitely when uh, the whole story is coming out. And also the other ones are, 
I have not a real big interest to discuss this matter, but um, between the lines, if you, least, uh, if you read the FAZ or the NZZ, uh, there's some hints that um, that will be the, uh, it's a big case uh, for the new government. Yeah, very good. Perfect. Professor Akshar, that was again a pleasure okay. to discuss and to really see a bit and look forward to the election. Let's just see what will happen in roughly two weeks' time. Uh, it was great. And again, nice to talk to you. So thank you very okay. much. And then talk to you soon again. Okay, thank you. So exciting elections coming up in Germany, end of September. Currently, the forecasts do not show a significant difference between the social and the Christian Democrats, both basically in the lead. I think nobody really knows what will happen with the Greens. And I mean, what we have also just heard, I think there are methodologically some kind of, let's say, issues to really do a good kind of forecast. But at the end of the day, I think... um, we might maybe see another win by either the social or the Christian Democrats. And then I think the core question is obviously still be um, what might be the kind of uh, coalition what we'll then see um, probably according to Professor Vakshal, and I think I agree, uh, not before beginning of next year. What does that all mean for healthcare? At the end of the day, I think there are two core and important points here to consider. One is what Professor Vakshal has already said, might there be a potential change in the overall healthcare system, in the insurance kind of system, where we might more maybe see something like an NHS-like kind of system, more favored by the left, by the social democrats and by the greens. So if this coalition might come into place, I think the likelihood is at least very high that something like an NHS system would be put into place. Um, If not, obviously, we need to see what might change. This is the kind of biggest potential change in the system, but there might be further ones. And I think that's also, I think, what we have already seen, probably also in other countries. I mean, we have seen big impacts by the COVID-19 pandemic with a different kind of, let's say, parts and budgets which are being paid I think a lot of times, obviously, it making sense to be paid for into the economic, into the economy in general, to the various um, companies, but also to individuals, to the people, um, especially now in the last one and a half years. But also we have seen other kind of issues like the flood, for example, in Northern Australia, which also has and will have a big impact on the budget overall. So I think um, what especially various stakeholders have already said, there will be a kind of impact on probably especially the drug prices i think an easy target the in quotes please enemy for some of the stakeholders at least so that's something maybe to get prepared for i think all of the other parts needs to be seen especially when we come up and see how the elections resulted and especially also afterwards which might be maybe more towards christmas which is then which coalition will govern germany so stay tuned And also check out our LinkedIn account on the day of the elections, which is the last Sunday of September 2021. That was an episode of MAP, the market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German-speaking markets. MAP is available every second week with a new episode, so watch out. And in case you might have questions, contact me directly and or visit our website on www.marketaccess-pricingstrategy.de.